Hey, Joe on Joe listeners, it's me, Joe Slepsky, and I'm back and you're back. This is the uh, the quarantine re-releases of our original tracks going back four years, and I hope you're enjoying these as much as I'm enjoying reliving them, warts and all. I, I, uh, I, I think you can easily hear where I'm finding myself and finding what the show turned out to be, so I'm really happy to share these with you guys. Again, we pulled these back from behind the Patreon wall, and I wanted to make them available to everybody during this time to share and give and listen and have fun, especially because G.I. Joe's back on YouTube now. So, yeah, so I appreciate that. And you guys uh, can always follow me at Joe and Joe Pod on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Let me know what you think of some of these early episodes, how terrible they are, or how funny they are, or how awful they are. And we're starting recording back up again, so reach out to me. Let me know, joeandjoepod at gmail.com. Let me know if you want to join me for an episode. I believe we're going to jump into G.I. Joe Extreme very, very soon. So without any further ado, here is the OG track from Joe on Joe four years ago. Enjoy. You are listening to the Joe on Joe podcast. The only podcast where Joe talks about Joe. And now, your host, Joe Slepsky. Hi, and welcome back to Joe on Joe. I am your host, Joe Slepsky, and we've got a solo shot this week. No guest, but I'm happy to walk you through the latest episode, which is called Jungle Trap. Now, do me a favor, if you're on Twitter, follow me at Joe on Joe Pod. Facebook me, Joe on Joe Pod, and even send me an email, joeonjoepod at gmail.com, and let me know if there's something you want to see featured on the show or if you want to be a guest. Most of all, if you're listening to us on iTunes, I would love it if you went into iTunes and gave us a review. All the reviews we can get will help the visibility of the podcast and make sure it spreads to more and more Joe fans. We know you're out there. And so, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode, episode 20, called Jungle Trap. Now, we are recording this just a few days after the uh, the tragedies in Orlando. And um, not to get too into it, but just want to send our, uh, send our uh, you don't want to say thoughts and prayers either because that's pretty stupid. Uh, just want to send a message out to anyone out there who is... Uh, and it's going to sound hypocritical because, frankly, it's a G.I. Joe podcast. And, you know, it's about military and it's about shooting and guns and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, anyone out there that's just feeling marginalized or feeling like you, you, you've got no way out and your life's not exactly what you want it to be, violence like that's never the answer. You know, uh, I think if there's one thing we do learn from the Joe show, it's that violence is typically the last resort, you know that uh anyway so that's that's my soapbox i'm gonna get off it and we're gonna get into an an amazing episode of joe on joe written by mr paul dini if you don't know who paul dini is get your head out of your wazoo paul dini is uh a legend in animation and just geek world of comic books and everything he wrote for um he wrote for well gi joe he wrote for masters of the universe he's written on like Almost every cartoon since the early mid '80s, uh, he did consultation. Or I think he was in the writers' room in the first season of Lost. Most importantly, is he did Batman the animated series along with Bruce Tim. Uh, he's a 
he's an amazing author. He's an amazing writer. And uh, he actually has a book coming out very soon that I want to say is called A Very Dark Night or A Dark Night with an, with an N-I-G-H-T. And it's actually, it's the first Batman book that's going to be published by Vertigo. Typically, Batman's published by the regular arm of DC. They've never done a Vertigo Batman book. And what it is, is it's detailing his true life experience of getting attacked when um, he, in like the, I want to say mid-90s, by muggers, basically. He got mugged and really uh, broken and really, really in a bad place. And this, he had to work through it. And, and I mean, he's a huge success, raging success. And I'm looking forward to the book. Have not read it yet myself. But my understanding of it is it's it's like the internal debate in his head of Batman and the Joker saying, you know, get up out of that chair and go back into society, you know, get up and be a part of life again, because you can't let these defeats get you down. Uh, so I'm excited that Paul Dini wrote this episode. and I think it shines through. It's one of the better, I guess, I guess more one of the, not well, I want to say well-written because, you know, not to detriment any other ones, but it, it's a, it's an interesting tale. It's got a fun, Cobra's it's got a got bunch him. of ups and downs to and it. So river. we start out in um, a place like Cairo. It's, it looks somewhere in like the Middle East, like Egypt somewhere. Think Raiders Lost Ark, you know, when they're running around in, um, in the market square. And the Joes are there to rescue a doctor, as typically, you know, doctor scientists they always are. And they get basically ambushed by Cobra. And in disguise is Zartan. He's the main bad in this episode. So the uh, Cobra troops did kidnap the doctor. And they've got him in his custody. And it's Duke, Scarlet, Rakondo. And they get ambushed by his tanks and the Dreadnoughts. And out of nowhere, Snake Eyes jumps off the ceiling. And he karate kicks him in the face. And he rescues. He kind of saves the day. Saves their bacon. Oh, and lest we forget. Rock and Roll is with the guys, too. I, I, I didn't mention Rock and Roll. He's actually got a fair amount of screen time in this episode, and he's awesome. Uh, he's a surfer boy from Los Angeles, and he's he's just dynamite. So where we're at now is the, the Joes are taking out uh, the his tanks, and the Joes have to go rescue Shakur. Now, we can't, we can't go any further without mentioning the fact that the doctor's name is Shakur, and absolutely pronounced and probably spelled like Tupac Shakur. So all throughout the episode, they keep saying we have to get Shakur, Shakur, Shakur. And I just keep thinking of Tupac. Um, you know, once again, Tupac didn't die. He just, he's making G.I. Joe cartoons. That's what happened. So the Cobras uh, kidnap Shakur and they throw him on a water moccasin, which was piloted by Copperhead. And they escape through via the water canal. Ricondo says, you know, Let's let's uh, let's regroup at the APC, which APC is one of the cooler toys. It was the it was the um, larger vehicle where you could fit all the soldiers and store them. So right now they're sitting inside the APC, which is pretty neat uh, to like get the inside of one of your toys. I don't know why that's that strikes a tickles my fancy. But he basically says uh, there's a location inside the jungle that's really dangerous if you go on foot. So they're going to have to take the dragonflies. So now they've been joined by uh, Dragonfly pilot Wild Bill and Ripcord. And they're heading towards what they believe is the uh, Cobra Temple, which there's Cobra Commander and Mr. Shakur himself. Who are you? 
I am the supreme commander of Cobra. You may bow if you wish. I love that they were still using words like like the supreme commander names too. Now, also, I want to take this time to say this week I got in the mail a fantastic pro uh, Kickstarter project that I backed, and it is called the 3D Art of GI Joe, and it's uh, three volumes of all the original artwork from the Joe toys from eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, etc. Um, and it's uh, I believe the their Twitter tag is at three D Joe's. And the book looks fantastic. Uh, it's so enjoyable. And reading through it, I'm seeing all kinds of errors that I've made on this show myself. I'm saying like, oh, this guy wasn't uh, this guy wasn't a Joe then, and this guy wasn't a Joe then. And then I'm looking at the toy releases, and of course, this that character was a Joe, or or like Destro was part of the second wave. I always thought Destro was part of the first wave. Cobra Commander wasn't even part of the first wave. I think on one episode, and by the way, my dogs are going a little nuts in the background, so we'll see how that sounds. Uh, I think on one episode I said that they never did a Cobra base. Apparently, they did a Sears limited, like um, Sears special. Remember back in the day? I don't know if everyone remembers, like Star Wars toys. Sears did all kinds of deluxe only Sears only toys. They did a like a cardboard Cobra base out of Sears. I don't. I want to say I remember it, but I think that'd be a lie. It looked awesome. Like it was just so cool. So right now we're getting a great yeah, Dragonfly Fang battle. Uh, as they the helicopter fight, they're fighting in the sky, and it's there's a lot of fangs. They keep coming, and the dragonflies were doing well, except they're getting flanked left and right by it. And I don't know how they're going to get out of this because there's like eight fangs and only three uh, dragonflies. Duke just got hit. Now it's Duke and Roadblock, and in the other helicopter and the other uh, dragonflies, Scarlet and Snake Eyes and Rakondo. And they're also getting flanked by the fangs. So there's a lot of explosions. And we're going down. So Scarlet's dragonfly went down. Duke's dragonfly is going down. And once again, like most Joe cliffhangers, that ends with gravity being the main threat. Today's file card spotlight is on the final dreadnought of the original three, Torch. His file name is Tom Winkett. His birthplace is Botany Bay, New South Wales, Australia. Tom Winkin was remanded to Borstal, which is a reform school, at the age 14. He escaped and he went to sea in the Merchant Marines, where he learned the use of the cutting torch. Tom later rode with the Melbourne Mauler's Motorcycle Club after leaving the Merchant Marines. He eventually found his way into the Dreadnoughts a short time thereafter. He took to their lifestyle rather quickly and he found chaotic kindred spirits in his Dreadnought companions Ripper and Buzzer. The trio were frequently hired as backup muscle by the mercenary Zartan, whom each of them seemed to fear. When Zartan made his way into Cobra, he brought the three of them along with him. Specialty in MO is he works with a oxyacetylene torch as a general cutter, mostly on remodeling stolen cars and occasional safe cracking. And he's been known also to carry a machete. Torch is an illiterate, unrepentant thug whose penchant for sudden and unexpected violence is matched only by the utter depth of his stupidity. He's the one that I would say looks most like a uh, heavy metal band uh, roadie, black leather vest, kind of a mullet hair with a headband, full beard, definitely someone you want to stay on the right side of. And that concludes the file card spotlights for the three original Dreadnoughts. So Tom Winkin, Torch, we salute you. Now back to G.I. Joe. I'm telling you. If the G.I. Joe's found a way to conquer gravity, they would survive almost every cliffhanger they give.
we just had a Cobra soldier, like a, a Cobra lieutenant guy, kind of have a chatty moment with Cobra Commander. I feel like that would normally would have been a Destro thing, which is a great thing. I credit to Paul Dini because he obviously wrote that in there. It could have certainly been Destro, but no, let's just give it to a Cobra grunt because it's focused on a grunt. So Zartan shows up with Mr. Shakur, and here we're going to yeah, get the plot. The components you requested, Doctor. My troops are ready to assist you in building the Vulcan machine. And what's this Vulcan machine supposed to do? If any country is foolish enough to resist Cobra, the Vulcan machine will unleash a torrent of boiling lava from the Earth's core, reducing its largest city to charred ruins. Which is really an awesome tool uh, and skill to have if you can get it. So Tupac's device can basically make a volcano on demand focused anywhere he wants in the world. I should also, uh, I neglected to say earlier when they kidnapped uh, Tupac, I'm just going to call him Tupac. When they kidnapped Tupac, uh, they put on a, a headband on his forehead that controlled his actions. That, that That's why he said, when he says, uh, anything you wish Cobra Commander. It's because he's being controlled by this headband. Very reminiscent of the headband that they slipped on Duke way back in the um, the first miniseries when Duke was fighting in the uh, in the pit with all the slave people. So we see that Duke and Rock and Roll have survived the crash and they just found Scarlet and Snake Eyes and Rakondo. Uh, they also survived their, uh, their crash, their helicopter crash. Rakondo's going to figure out a way to get to the Cobra base. They got a day to get there. If you recall earlier, he said that's not the kind of jungle you want to walk through, and that's what the worry is. So this episode called Jungle Trap, and there we get to the crux of it. Uh, so like I said, there's a lot of n- cool twists and turns here where it starts out with, oh, we got to protect the scientist, and we're going to have this fight in the air. Oh, no, the thrust of the show is going to be on the ground in the jungle. That's the name. And that's what we're going to be getting. If I never see another vine again, it'll be Cobra Commander's got a lot of uh, cameras, and he sees where they're going, so he kind of hits some buttons, so we know that he's got these jungle uh, booby-trapped somehow. Oh, Scarlet is about to hit a trap. This giant, like a sky scythe, just flips. Oh, and then Roadblock runs over, and he falls into a hole. I think those are called tiger pits. And Snake Eyes jumps over and saves him. Otherwise, he would have fell right on some spikes and skewered his uh, machine gun and butt. Three guesses who left that little surprise. This whole area is filled with cobra traps. And Duke nailed it. And okay, now there's just... That was pretty funny. There's a huge cage that no one noticed, and it's got a live rhino in it. And now the rhino is uh, charging him. But now Rock and Roll is about to play the role of Cleveland Zookeeper and put the rhino down, except Rakondo, because he's the, um, you know, this is his environment. So it's great that he takes the star. He gets the rhino's attention, and he's standing on the side of the cliff, and the rhino's going to charge at him, and looks like he's going to duck out of the way, and the rhino's going to kind of go over the cliff instead of getting shot in the face, which is what Rock and Roll was going to do. So the, we see that the rhino hits the water and lives. Uh, the water apparently is the oh, rhino's equivalent of the parachute and GI Joe, um, and and you know to his credit, Rock and Roll's really glad he didn't have to shoot their thing, but uh, it makes sense, you know. Which uh, is a cool moment for Rakondo. Like that's that's a nice. It's just small good character stuff. Again, credit to Paul Dini. So we get images of them cutting through the forest, wading through the waters. 
snake eyes uh, scares off the three crocodiles who just <laughs> gave it kind of a nope, 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 and they went the other way. Uh, there's a big old snake that was going to get Duke. Scarlet saves him with a with a bolt from her crossbow. Uh, and now here comes Rakondo, and he notices that there's a, a wide open field. And how does he test it? He throws a uh, mango or something into the field, and sure enough, there's hidden lasers. That's right, folks. Straight-up lasers. So now we get to traps that aren't necessarily jungle traps, ah, but like straight-up cobra mates and laser traps. Laser trap has been activated. Uh, cobra Commander's got an eye in the sky, so he's going to... Uh, keep an eye on what's going on he sees some smoldering ruins and he assumes that the joes and then zartan pans the camera and says no they're all alive wait you're a fool zartan's fun in this episode he's kind of uh he doesn't have a lot of stakes in it like he's just being hired and oh here we go cobra unleashes cobra commander unleashes um striped hyenas which makes zartan very happy about seeing striped hyenas he's apparently a big fan I think there was a, uh, I think there was a hyena sidekick. Dusty had a wolf. They gave like one of the iterations of Dusty had a wolf sidekick. I want to say one of the dreadnoughts had a hyena. That's probably totally wrong. And meanwhile, we see that uh, the doctor, Tupac, is, uh, his and on our uh, trail. machine is getting closer and closer to being created. To blow one away, three Cutting back to, uh, down. We have to, to the hyenas and Roadblock basically Let's tells them, we got to keep moving. If we stop to fight one of the hyenas, three more will tear you down they're very much like raptors in this regard you know like they they hunt in packs so they just got to avoid them entirely they can't stop to fight them because they'll be in trouble so they're running and they're nearing a uh, they're nearing a, a river so they're going to swing to the other side of the river tarzan style and duke gets snared the hyenas are heading there's a lot of hyenas too there's like six hyenas that's a lot there's more than that that's a lot of hyenas. And Duke's, uh, he got snared in a trap, so he's being held upside down, and the hyenas are nipping at his face. We go to the commercial. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Duke is in a bit of a spot, I will say. His gun is laying on the ground. He's, he dropped his rifle. And he is just ducking these hyenas but snake eyes swings back to the other side does a complete super somersault flip gets ordered by duke to go back snake eyes just kicks this hyena in the face and now he's karate chopping all of them and he uses he runs he picks up duke's uh, rifle and he starts shooting all the hyenas off he hands duke a knife duke duke cuts himself down i told you to go back you deliberately disobeyed an order but you don't say anything, I won't either. That's great. And Snake Eyes gives him the old thumbs up. Well, well. And now here we it go. Like Copperhead pulls up in his water moccasin. Jungle rats. The only thing a rat's good for is target practice. Copperhead Ready? is modeled after the sheriff, the warden from Cool Hand Luke. And we got here as a failure to communicate, which is, um, I forget his the actor's name, but he's an amazing, he was a great actor. It's an amazing role. But that's who, whoever's doing the Copperhead voice is absolutely channeling failure to communicate. But while they were focused on uh, Snake Eyes and Duke, who were on the one side of the riverbed, 
Cabred and his uh, Cobra cronies did not realize that that Roblox and Rick Kondo and Scarlet were on the other side, so they ambushed them, and they beat the crap out of them, and they stole all their uniforms. Luckily, there were there's five Joes. Don't and worry, we're the, just uh, gonna borrow your uniforms. Cobra moccasin, the water moccasin was overcrowded, so nice you have five uniforms. Although Snake Eyes does not have a Cobra uniform on. And they're now holding uh, Copperhead hostage. Snake and get this tub moving. He's going to drive them into the um, uh, Cobra base. So this is how they're going to get in. So they look pretty sweet. They're all in incognito. I hope you don't mind pretending to be our prisoner. It'll give us a better chance of sneaking in. And Snake Eyes giving the old universal A-OK sign. Uh, He's playing the part of Chewbacca from Star Wars. Well, that's okay, because here we are. Once again, Cobra found an ancient temple to hide out in. Like, they're just ruining all of the world's great, whatever you want to call them, ancient temples. The Cobra, I mean, if there's, a, if there's an archaeological dig in this world, Cobra will find it and install giant death machines in it. That's what Cobra will do. Uh, it, seems, it seems like there's some kind of uh, crime against history. That's happening even beyond their terroristic demands. So the Joes sneak in. They say they, you know, they knocked out Copperheads. He's unconscious, so he can't rat him out. And Project Vulcan is complete. That laser looks amazing. Tupac is, uh, he's got his headband on. He's totally under control. And uh, Cobra Commander is going to test it on some city. We're going to find out what city is going to do it. Now, which city shall we use as our test site? Paris, New York, Moscow, Los Angeles. L.A.? No way some creep's going to ace my hometown. That's awesome. You so said you, it. You get rock and roll. No, ace, no one's going to ace my hometown. That's awesome. So the Joes bust in, and it's not possible. Of course it's possible. You saw him heading your way, Cobra Commander. Once again, Scarlet shoots an explosive bow. The sunlight shows up. Now, sunlight is as we all we know is a uh, uh zartan has like an allergic reaction to it and i don't think it came up earlier in the episode so this is one of those like continuity uh weaknesses so like you have to know that about them it, they, they didn't prompt you with it earlier in the episode that it would come in handy later which is cool because it's it's giving you a little credit animation is great as they run across and they're, they're headed towards Cobra commander Apparently he's gonna fire the Vulcan on the entire United States, but and Duke's grandmother wants to surrender. Apparently, so they shoot the machine and blow it up, and they're just blasting away at it. And of course, it's gonna explode. I mean, it's probably a fairly sensitive electronic device, and they got a bunch of you know heavily, you know, heavily armed guns. So I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be stable. Uh, uh oh, but like all good machines. It's just going to fire on itself. So the whole temple is going to blow up with uh, lava. So we're getting a volcanic activity flowing through the whole this ancient temple. And it's uh, chasing everybody out, Cobra and Joe alike. The uh, sparkly red lava. Everyone's running to and fro. The um, snake guy's bringing up the rear because, you know, it's what he does. Scarlet running sands how I, I just yeah it's awesome i, I want to see i want to i would love to see figures of all these guys in these cobra outfits i'm sure someone did some customs where all they had to do is pop the head off and throw them on a cobra soldier but uh yeah so zartan jumps out he jumps on his uh water skimmer and he's screaming about the sunlight uh 
and he zooms away and the Joes head right back to Copperhead and the and the uh, water moccasin where he's just Sorry, waking up. Pal, we're in a hurry and all the dead weight has to go. Alright. So Duke just threw him out of the water moccasin like where the the lava's gonna kill him. They could have taken him with them. <laughs> but they didn't. They threw him out and then they drove away. So as far as we know, Copperhead just died a lava fiery death, which is fantastic. <laughs> There's no parachutes when it comes to lava. Uh, oh, and here we go. The end of the day. Wild Bill and Rip Gorge, they were up and they got Cutter. They're flying out of the killer whale. Well, first we ditched the rhino that was chasing us. And then Snake Eyes trashed a pack of hyenas. And then after that... Huh? I get the feeling this is going to be one whopper of a story. Wild Bill, you don't know the half of it. And they ride off into the sunset. It's a fun episode. Like, it's got a lot of of different ups and downs. I really dig it, man. Like, I really dig it. The stakes weren't... You know, they weren't crazy high. There wasn't a huge cast. It was, they got into, they got into a spot. They had to get out of it. And they, they got to the base and they stopped the Cobra. That's all you want in a Joe episode. So thanks again for listening. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Actually did a little bit of Instagram too. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate your listenership. Tell your friends, tell your Joe loving friends. And now you're Joe and Joeing is half the battle. <laughs>